0: Hello, my name is Reverend Seth Nelson, and I am the pastor of Faith Lutheran Church in Ronan, Montana. Join in weekly to hear the good news of God's love proclaimed over your life. You can follow us on Podbean and iTunes. God bless you this day. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I'm going to begin with a little attempt at humor, Um, maybe more rightly understood as dad jokes. Okay, ready for it? The story of Jonah is a whale of a tale. The details are a bit fishy, but we know that the Lord had no other choice but to tuna his life around. Thankfully, he was all caught in the end. How about that now? Thank you, thank you. I'll fillet here all week. How'd I do? (laughs) I'm really going nowhere with that other than bad fish puns and everything. You probably know the story of Jonah best from his experience of being known, uh, of being thrown overboard in a storm, swallowed up by a big fish. And after three days, being spit up on shore to finally make his way to Nineveh, as the Lord had commanded. the story is wild, crazy, and memorable. It is an easier story to teach to young children in Sunday school than many of the other subtle biblical details that we try to discover and comprehend as we grow. So we teach this story early, and we teach it often. Apparently not... Often enough, I guess. <laughs> the story of Jonah is, and his time in the belly of a big fish, uh, big fish is definitely worth retelling and remembering. The passage that we read about f- uh, from the book of Jonah for this week, though, takes place after all that. We encountered Jonah after he had made his way to Nineveh, walked for a whole day to get the, to the center of the city, and shouted out the message that the whole city would be undone a mere 40 days from that moment. In response, when the king heard about it, uh, heard about Jonah's foreboding prophecies, he led the whole city in acts of repentance. We encountered Jonah and the people of Nineveh in our first lesson for this week, at the moment when the Lord saw that they were sorry for their evil ways. And our passage tells us, quote, changed his mind about the calamity that he had said he would bring upon them and did not do it. While the Lord had commanded and uniquely redirected Jonah to prophesy doom upon the city and its people, the Lord also proved that the way of heaven is the way of mercy upon all who seek forgiveness. The whole scene begs the question, though, Who do we want God to be? Do we want God to be merciful? Or would we rather that God be vengeful? Do we want evildoers to be freed from the consequences of their sins? Or do we revel in their demise? Do we actually want God to be loving and forgiving of all, no matter what? Or would we rather that God side with us and punish our enemies? These are important questions that the book of Jonah is concerned with. As for Jonah, he desired for God to be merciless towards the Ninevites. Contrary to popular opinion, Jonah did not flee towards the end of the known world, Tarshish, which is in modern-day Spain. He did not flee there out of fear of the Ninevites or the prophetic work that God told him to do. No, he did not flee out of fear. Instead, Instead, Jonah knew that our God is merciful to all who relent and repent. He did not want the Ninevites to have an opportunity for mercy. He wanted to see them burn and feared that they would be forgiven if he, had, if he gave them the message as commanded. And they repented in response, which is, in fact, what they did. That is why God needed to send a big fish to redirect, him, uh, redirect Jonah to Nineveh to tuna his life around. The Lord could not trust him to get there on his own. Jonah knew that God is merciful, so he tried to get in the way of God's mercy by taking away any opportunity for repentance that the people would have. He wanted the Ninevites to burn for their evil ways and dreaded the notion that they might be spared. He wanted God to be spiteful and desired that the Lord's vengeance be rained down upon his enemies. The text says, Jonah said, That is why I fled to Tarshish at the beginning, for I knew that you are a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, and ready to relent from punishing. Jonah was angry at God's mercy. Not only did Jonah desire for God to hate those whom he hated, Jonah also wanted God to be his own personal sort of genie or wish-fulfiller, fulfilling his every want and whim. As Jonah made his way up to a hill outside of Nineveh, still hoping to see it all go up in flames one day, the Lord made a bush grow up quickly and gave him shade. Jonah was very grateful for this. The next day, however, God appointed a worm to attack the bush, forcing it to wither and die. At this turn of events, when the day turned out extra hot and dry, uh, Jonah went so far as to pray for death. Prayed for death because he no longer had the good fortune of the bush to shade him as he wanted He staked his very existence in that moment on whether God gave him shade or not. Rather petty, if you ask me. Yet, how true are Jonah's sentiments for many people these days? A lot of Christians seem to be more interested in vengeance and damnation than forgiveness, reconciliation, and restoration. Uh, For instance, instead of my dad joke humor at the beginning here, I did several searches in hopes of finding a joke about Jonah to kick this sermon off. And nearly every joke page I found started with the same attempt at humor about our teacher being condemned to eternal damnation for not taking the story of Jonah and the big fish literally. Disturbingly, Beliefs in hell and damnation are a laughing matter for many Christians. Reveling in the idea of hell and the faithless being sent there is a modern equivalent of Jonah desiring for a city of 120,000 people to be wiped out instead of desiring that those people repent and be forgiven. Just as often people act like Jonah in relationship to his shade bush. He was blessed with its shade as a gift from God and lost it through through no merit or malice of his own just as quickly. The Lord gave, and the Lord took away. Yet Jonah's disposition was wildly different when he was given what he wanted versus when the worm and the sun took it from him. In a day's time, Jonah seemed to ride or die by this little bush that he did not plant, water, or cultivate. When the bush was present, he was very happy. When it was taken from him, he prayed for death. How often does faith, the faith of some, look like Jonah's experience with the bush? When things come together in easy and unearned ways, we give thanks to God. But when they take a turn for the worse, we blame God for not being the genie we want. It is easy to to approach the Lord with the spirit of wish fulfillment, instead of as a real being whose will is distinct and purposes, plans, and timing we might not understand such a wish fulfillment will only seem uh, a wish fulfillment deity will only seem like god if people get what they desire and such a de- deity cannot exist beyond our wants and our whims again we ask who do we want god to be do we want god to be merciful or do we want god to be vengeful Do we desire for God to be primarily concerned with our own wish fulfillment, our selfish desires, no matter how petty or insignificant our wishes may be? Do we want God to be more concerned with small matters, like whether or not we have shade on a hot day? Or do we want God to be more concerned with the well-being of the masses, no matter how imperial and evil they may be? Who do we want God to be? As for me, I must say I am grateful to believe in a God who is more far-sighted and forgiving than myself. The mercy of the Almighty is far sweeter than any retribution of the righteous. God is good. God's goodness was on display when God forgave the Ninevites. God's goodness is shown to each and every one of us when God also forgives us as we do not deserve. God desires repentance more than retribution. And it is good news that God desires better for us than we earn for ourselves. Just as important, God pays attention to what we really need. While we often get fixated on small, immediate, easy-to-understand things like whether we have a shade bush or not, God knows what we really need. God provides for us in ways that are substantial, meaningful, and more important than we often realize in any given moment. Who is God? God is good and God is merciful. And God cares for all in ways that really matter. May the peace of God passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. I hope that you've enjoyed this week's sermon podcast. If you would like to hear more, read my blog, or get a copy of my book called The Church Unknown, go to www. If you feel called to support our ministry, I invite you to go to our church's website at flcronan.org and click on the Offerings tab. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord's face shine on you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace.